Hello and welcome to a summer episode of The Brave Room. Now you might think that means beach episode. No, that means it's freaking hot today and my air conditioning has died. And I have to turn off my portable fan so that, you know, we can record this episode. And I am like sweating horribly. Anyways, don't forget to comment this, you know, 2000 plays. I have to take one of your crappy suggestions. With me today, we have Kit. Hello, everybody. It's time for a new jank arc, baby. Yeah, it's time for the new jank arc. Dude, the new jank arc is so powerful that we straight up lost an episode. (laughs) (laughs) We recorded an amazing episode last week, and then the jank arc took its life. The recording crashed, and we had no backup. I technically had one, but my audio was so poor, it might as well not exist. Yeah, so, the Jankark, everybody. Anyways, we're not, we're not even going to bother trying to revisit the topic of that episode, because that was one that could only work on the first go. So today, instead, we're going to complain about our jobs. Hooray. Please don't dock my pay. We're not complaining about the job. We're complaining about how people treat us because of our job. We are the oppressed people, is my point. Okay. So, what do we work as, Kit? Like, tell, tell the lovely people what we actually work as. We work as games journalism with accent, trademarked, copyright, etc. So what you're saying is... We have red armbands and did horrible things during World War II. Because that's what I see online when I hear the word games journalist. <laughs> and uh, I think games journalists get a lot of flack. So we are going to address that in an incredibly petty way. As is the Brave Room tradition. Well, more like you because I am guess I'm relatively chill and also don't interact. Yeah. Okay. So, the first obvious critique of games journalists people always get, people always say, is that we suck at video games. I'm going I'm to be real with you. It's not, it's not entirely false. <laughs> yeah, I straight up admit in a few of my reviews that I go with easy mode because A, partially, I suck. B, I just don't have the time to spend Dying on some boss 20 times a day when I have a lot of work to do. Yeah, and I think this is the most important thing people need to know about game journalists. Is I don't care how lovely your 3000 hour masterpiece is. It's we have like a huge stack of games to play through at any point in time. And this sounds like complaining. Because it is. The problem is games as an industry now are all about eating up as much time as you have. And game covering the games industry now is about consuming as much of it as you can. Do you see how the two are opposites? And let's, let's be real here. Your favorite video game is probably not the massive masterpiece you think it is. At the end of the day, even Nier Automata is still an open-world RPG. <laughs> like... <sighs> Another open world RPG, only this time the main character is one of the hardest robots ever made. Second only to maybe Samuel Hayden from Doom. 
I mean, like, besides me not really liking open world, it's like the lack of, the tendency to have a lack of objectives makes me not sure what to do. And then I might spend too much time figuring out what to do instead of doing the thing that I should be doing. Yeah, and again, remember, game journalists, every second counts here. If, like, I almost docked points from fucking Yakuza 7 for this, which is the fact that the first hour of the game is a cutscene. And, you know, again, every second is on the clock right here. Like, Yakuza 7's story is amazing. But when you're there in the moment, reviewing it, and, you know, this thing's gotta get out by a certain time, you hate the game for it. Yeah, we gotta get the clicks, you know? I know you guys, we also probably in general don't really enjoy clickbait. But sometimes it's just how the how the nature of the work is. You gotta get it out there, man. Yeah, well, this this isn't related to clickbait. This is related to recency. I mean, recency is one thing, but you also gotta get a click, so... But, so let's focus on one topic at a time, Kate. You're jumping topics here. Okay, okay, okay. No. This is why we having like an outline might be more helpful, but no, off the cuff is fun, not gonna lie. Yeah, it is. This this topic this is built for off the cuff. No, but the whole recency thing is be honest to yourself, listener, and you, Kit. Would you read a review of Astral Chain right now? If it's on yeah, sale, what... yes. No, no. Would you read a new review of Astral Chain right now? That's why I said like, if it's if it happens to be on sale and I haven't got it yet, I would read it. You'd rather more read like one that came out. Well, more importantly, Google would rather you read one that came out when the game launched in 2019 yep that's that's also a thing yeah so as as great as yakuza 7 story is for example you just don't have time if you want to get it out you know within that window where people still care about yakuza 7 mm-hmm. and that game's long and it sounds like i'm on that game that game is legit one of my favorite rpgs ever so yeah you know that's my point is we have to do this for multiple games and every game now thinks it's the amazing treatise on the human condition. And so we have so much to do. Yes. I mean, maybe on one hand, yay, employment, I got work to do, but also, oh god. Yeah, I'm going to steal a quote from Feng Zhu here. He's a concept art guy. Like, for as much as we complain about this, the job is pretty f- great. <laughs> He was, of course, talking about designing video games, but in our case, talking about video games is pretty great as well. What and not fun. just, like, in the overused, like, oh, my job is video games thing. But, I mean, as someone who likes video games, and if you want to know how much I like video games, I highly recommend listening to the podcast we did with Ali Baker, which was literally just half an hour of me gushing about how much I like video games. Yeah, working with, working with video games is pretty great. The funny thing for me is that when I was in school, I told myself, I don't really want to do something I enjoy as a hobby for a job. But here I am, I guess. Well, the, the secret is to have multiple hobbies. I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think that they can have one hobby and base their entire personality around it. And then, you know, when that hobby doesn't work out for, for them, they have an existential crisis. You mean I can't make video games my whole personality? No, you can't. Seriously, though. 
I think the most frustrating thing about the whole, oh, you know, they they should hire me to be to review games because I would do so much better than you. Yeah, you do better than me in the one game that you play over and over again. And again, like, we don't have time for that. Yeah, it's like of course you play really really good Devil May Cry and you can do all the style combos and even Donguri high fives you when you do the jump cancel properly or whatever. But what about Butcher? What about what's what's some other niche games that we've that we've reviewed? What about Open County? What about what about Cobra Kai? <laughs> oh God! What about all three of them at the same time? And the review embargo is like all within the same week. And I know I know it's rich for us to complete. Oh, you give review again. Every job, no matter how much you love it, still a job. Yeah. Oh, that, that quote from the Polygon dude, the one that like, oh, someone said, if you do a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's not true. I've worked some days. <laughs> <laughs> so now we can talk about clickbait. That's something we get accused of pretty often. We as in the entire games journalist profession is anytime you post something that maybe someone doesn't like, you're accused of clickbait, right? Mm-hmm. And look. We at Gamer Braves try our absolute darnest not to do the clickbaits. Look at how boring our titles are. <laughs> Look at how f***ing boring some of these titles are. It is literally just, news was announced. The only time we ever really have fun with it is when, you know, it's a story that doesn't need to be SEO optimized. We'll get back like, to that SEO. <laughs> but sometimes you gotta, you know, sometimes that's the job. One thing they teach you in journalism school is that part of the media's job isn't to cover what's important, but to tell people what's important. Imagine the game's journalism as Navi from Zelda from the Zelda series. Hey, listen. Pretty much, yeah. Like, okay, you know, if Ben, our editor, was doing blow off of a hooker in the Caribbean, that's not really important because as great as Ben is to us, in the grand scheme of things, he is a nobody. However, if Yoko Taro lost 50 million USD gambling in Vegas, that's kind of important because Yoko Taro is an important person. And even then, the definitions of that are subject to, you know, what your readership is. Because I have absolutely met people who say, what the hell is a Yoko Taro? Who is this creepy moon man? And why is it so funny that he's a pervert? So, you know, I think the worst accusation of clickbait we've gotten is my Guilty Gear Strive tier list. From the first beta? Yeah, from the first beta. We didn't do any coverage of the second beta because it was more or less the same. So, I posted it the day before the beta went up. We did the tier list. Mm -hmm. And someone was like, a day one tier list? Oh, you guys are desperate. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe desperate's too strong a word, but that is a golden fruit because you know there's a tryhard who's googling the tier list to make sure they're playing the best character. The tryhards will be googling that tier list and when they try it out and it doesn't meet their alleged standards, then it'll be time to flame you. 
Yeah, but you know what the best part is? They forgot to turn on their ad blocker both of those times, and then those are still clicks. <laughs> but no, seriously, jokes aside, as idealistic as it is to never, never clickbait, like, it's like feeding a kid, you know? You can't say, child, consume this vegetable, or you will have terrible shits for the rest of your life. Sometimes you gotta make it in a way that people will want to hear it. Especially when you cover stuff like, I don't know, what's something people don't really like reading about? Gambling in games? Yeah, that's one. Sometimes you gotta do the story about the kid who spent $300,000 on FIFA, because FIFA is a gacha game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta, because it's important to talk about these kinds of things, and that's the only way people are gonna listen. So yeah, that's pretty much the clickbait situation. And you know, I get it. There, there is some bad clickbait out there. Like, I think the Kotaku ran the story about Ikumi Nakamura and the horny jail. Uh-huh. Like, that was literally just like, why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the point of... But did you click on it? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's another skill you learn, right? In the journalist tech tree, is that you yourself become immune to the clickbait. For me personally, I didn't click the article, but I did click the tweet that she was responding to. So I guess that's par- partially there. Yeah, you have, you have to get. I think one of the most important things that people don't understand, and this is going back to the whole game journalists suck at games thing, is that, yeah, game journalists are probably the closest representation to the average level consumer that you'll get. Because, like, you know, people talk about Resident Evil Village being too short. Because it's, like, 10 hours long. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh, I, I, I beat it super fast. Why am I paying full price for this? My sister took, like, two weeks to beat it. Uh, I kind of understand that. So, I recommended 13 Sentinels on that whole uh, list of games to play. When I bought mm-hmm. it, I played it for about, say... 10 hours or so and I didn't touch it again until the following year yeah I played Blasphemous on and off over the course of like 6 months same thing I would hit a wall and then I would put it down for a month and I would come back to it but yeah I think this is way more common gamer behavior than you think the problem is these are also the people who don't make gaming their whole personality so they're not gonna talk about it alas isn't that so tragic? Oh, so that's why the only people who talk about it are these dudes like, Oh my god, I beat this game in a, over the weekend. Why are, you, why are you mad that I'm spoiling it? You should have beaten it by now. <laughs> but yeah, no. I think the main reason we're doing this topic is quit your bitching about game journalists all suck at video games because it's, it's our job, you know? No one goes up to McDonald's and tells the burger flipper guy, Oh, you suck at burger flipping. It's his job, man. There's no rule in the contract that says we have to be enthusiastic about this stuff. I mean, it's an advantage if you are. It's an advantage, but it's not a requirement. Mm -hmm. You can't make being 100% happy with your job at all times a requirement for the job. And again, we love this job. But again, butcher... Balan won the world. <laughs> ah, Balan. Yeah, you find me one game journalist who was enthusiastic about covering Balan won the world. 
Again, the most popular Balan Wonderworld video essay was I 100% the Balan Wonderworld and read the book so you don't have to. Uh, yeah, I watched that one. I actually found it really entertaining but you know, people don't show out videos every day either unless they're like... Yeah, exactly. That guy's job isn't to cover like like 30, 30 games a month. He doesn't have a series called I 100%ed these games so you don't have to. <laughs> that was his one passion project, right? He doesn't do that for other games. Also, shout out to him for covering Legend of Mana and Final Fantasy IX. You rock, man. <laughs> yeah, come on this podcast so we can... Because I want to talk to you about Balan Wonderworld. We haven't even mentioned his name. I don't, I don't remember what his name is. Pretty sure it's Austin. What, his YouTube channel just says Austin? No, I mean, it isn't just Austin, but... Let's, let's promote his freaking channel. We're, we're talking shit about him. We're not, talking, uh, we're not talking shit about him. We're just saying, hey, look. Yeah, well, we're talking about his content. Let's let's actually promote <laughs> Austin Eruption. There, go check that out. <laughs> Make his suffering worthwhile. Austin Eruption on YouTube. Now... And that's my point, right? No one was enthusiastic about Balan Wonderworld. And the maybe one person who was, that was his magnum opus. Imagine, I don't think he would have been able to 100% it and read the novel if he had to review five other games. And that's not us saying we don't want to review five other games. It's just that what you think is one job is actually two different jobs and you're mistaking the two for, for each other. The hyper-specialist content creators, you know, that's your Gaijin Hunters and your Austin Eruptions, I guess. These are people who have the window to focus on a single game. Whereas, you know, game journalists have to cast a much wider net because we have to play, like, basically everything. And our job also doesn't just simply consist of games. Because, you know, you've seen, if you were gone on the website, that review section isn't just games. Yeah, no. We we also do hardware. We also do tech. The skill set is actually really, really much higher than you thought. Before I first came here, like, you know, I, my only specialization was in games. I couldn't tell you what makes a handphone good. Now I can kind of do it. It's not not as well, but, you know that you know what you're looking for. I can tell you what a Qualcomm Snapdragon 8885 g is. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to today's sponsor. <laughs> I wish. Please give yeah, me no. a new GPU and all that jazz. My computer is dying. I love the idea that you're running a, a Qualcomm Snapdragon for your computer GPU. <laughs> <laughs> because it is like, it's five years old or six already this year. It needs replacing badly it might as well run a, a mobile gpu on that note i do have one more controversial piece of game journalismism sure and that is the concept of not finishing a game for its review ah yeah people treat this like the most cardinal sin they act like you traveled back in time and popped a cap in jesus now Again, this is where the pettiness comes in because I totally have a platform right now and most of these people don't. So first of all, it's not my job to finish the review. It's my job to tell you what I think about the game. And if the game wasn't important enough, like, you know, if the game didn't give you a reason to play it through the end, 
that is still a valid opinion of the game. Also, like, steering back into that time thing, when sometimes you are given games a day or two before it launches, that's just not enough time to finish it. Especially those dang JRPGs. But Kip, but Kip, why don't you just do a first impression and, and then post a full review later? Oh, that's one of, that was one of our listeners just now. <laughs> sure, I, I could do a first impression and then plan for a full hey, review. Okay, we, we got five five more reviews came in. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you see, listener? Do you see? This is literally what our job is like. We'll be like, oh, yeah. Another you know, point. I, I want to bring out another point. Yeah, go ahead. So, okay. Yeah. Full reviews. Totally possible. But did you realize that we have done at least two podcasts regarding burnout? Oh yeah, we did, didn't the we? Crunch. <laughs> Can you please let me have a weekend, <laughs> or pretend to have one? In emotional appeal aside, we also have one more thing that we can bring up. Okay. So we did do this. We did do the first impression first, and then full full review later. We did this for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Mhm. So our full review for Cyberpunk was almost a month later. No one fucking read that <laughs> By then, everyone had made up their mind on Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. And the fact that we didn't have a hardline stance on the game, like, we, we weren't like, this is the worst game ever made. The f- CD Projekt Red shot my aunt. <laughs> or the fact we didn't go, this is the greatest masterpiece ever made. You know, this... The fact we didn't do either of those means that no one cared what we had to say. Because the truth is, Cyberpunk 2077 was just a mediocre game. It tried. And there was corporate ding-dong. All that aside, like, the backstory of it aside, the actual executable file itself was a mediocre game. And no one wants to read that, do they? They want me to do angry one voice and be like, Ah, the Cyberpunk 2077! Sometimes you have to play until you get to a point where you can make the judgment. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Yep. So I'm sorry, but you may have felt it necessary to complete your 300-hour JRPG, but not for us. Sometimes you get to, like, the second town and you're like, oh, I know how the rest of this game is going to go. And anyway, when it comes to super long games, they tend to have some kind of story, and you can take that as as a moment to say, I don't want to spoil the story for you, so please go. And play yourself. Thanks. Eventually, and this is especially true the more you review games, is you can project the curve of where this game is going to go. I can only think of a handful of games that would break that curve. It's like Near Automata, Detroit Become Human. Even Detroit Become Human. No, no, no. Yeah, even Detroit Become Human, it doesn't break the curve that far. But it's still a game I would recommend finishing. Just because you gotta see how bullshit that game gets towards the end. I was thinking of Tales of the Abyss myself. Yeah? Yeah. It, I know it's by now old as balls and Arise is coming up, but Abyss did have a really good bump 
somewhere and it's for me it's worth it because I like the character anyway. Yeah, see and let me tell you, most games that do break the curve do not do it for the better. Like of the games I list I listed, only Automata like gets amazing on the subsequent playthroughs. Like yeah, that's like freaking Returnal, right? For example. Returnal is a hard game. Mm-hmm. It is a hard game, and it's decently long, too. Like, once you kill the first boss, you pretty much get an idea of what the game's going to be like. You're like, it will be harder, maybe, but it's, you know, you know the beats it's going to do. The only thing you don't know is the story. Pretty much. So, yeah. And again, remember, the journalist job class is low on time. <laughs> If only we had 48 hours a day, even then I'd probably just burn out and crash somewhere. Yeah, and even then you'd still need to use it for rest. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's it for now. We definitely need to do a part two of this. So screw the comments you leave and and waiting for this video to hit 2,000 plays. We'll definitely do this again once I build up more internet salt. (laughs) I mean, we could just talk about the other aspects, like what actually pays the thing, you know? The kind of thing. But we can uh, discuss that for another time. Uh, that's probably going to be a bit sensitive, but yeah. yeah. That's it from us today. That's, I don't even know how we're going to title this episode. We'll, we'll figure something out. Hashtag this has been... journalist. Yeah. With all that leak speak that people hate. Games journalist. You need to write out hashtag in full. <laughs> Anyways, this has been the Brave Room. I have been Juan Amiral. And this has been Kit from a sweltering equator room. Yeah, well, your air conditioning works, right? I'm, I am I didn't literally sweating. Because bucket. solidarity, man. And also, I need to go out. Yeah, okay. So, this has been the Brave Room. Get the hell out because I need to go turn on my fan again.